0: You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com! We're into December, folks, and the shit is indeed starting to get very real. And with that, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Lemps Talk and Pack. I am your host, Chris Lempis, coming to you once again from my basement packer room, from my home in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here to break down Green Bays. This will be a comfortable, wait, will it? Yes. Yes, it will. 30-16 to win over the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday at a mostly, but not totally, empty Lambeau Field. Man, this victory really has me sad that we aren't packing Lambeau like we normally would be. I don't know about you guys. Something about, you know, December and the cold winter air. This just feels like one of those where it would have been great to go, see the Packers win, and then shuffle over to the distillery or stadium view for a few afterwards and watch a Sunday nighter. Maybe that's just me. Probably not, though. Also, I am coming to you from the actual southern part of Milwaukee, not Burlington, Tony Romo's hometown, which Jim Dance seems to think is on the south side of the city. Did you catch that during the game? He's like, Tony Romo, who grew up on the south side of Milwaukee, <laughs> or was it the south side of Milwaukee in Burlington? Or Burlington near this? I can't remember how exactly he phrased it. But he made it sound like Burlington was like a southern suburb or something. Folks, I can tell you, if you don't know, I'm here to tell you, Burlington is not anywhere near the south side of Milwaukee. Okay, It's 40 minutes away, and that's if you're hauling ass. How do I know that? My wife is from Waterford, which is right near Burlington. So, yeah, I don't know what Nance was talking about, but Romo's funny. Somebody somebody said to me on Twitter that Romo was just too classy to correct him, which he obviously was and is. So, that was nice. But, yeah, Nance kind of looked like a dummy on that one. Anyways, with the win, the Packers improved to 9-3 on the season, still good enough for first place in the NFC North, obviously. They remain a full three games ahead of the 6-6 and Minnesota Vikings, who needed overtime to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars in Minneapolis on Sunday. The Chicago... <laughs> Oh, the Chicago Bears. They blew a fourth-quarter lead to the Detroit Lions. You know, I'll tell you what, folks. I've always said, Daryl Bevel is the interim head coach you least want to face. So, really, Chicago was walking into a... I mean, they were walking into a buzzsaw on that one. But, uh, yeah, they blew the fourth-quarter lead, ultimately dropping a 34-30 decision to the Detroit Lions. And even though both teams are now 5-7, and seven, the Bears do still remain in third based on best win percentage in common games. Whatever. Who cares? We have bigger fish to fry, right? Bigger fish to fry. And for those who care about such things, and I suppose it's probably time to start paying attention to them. I'm just kidding. Of course, it's, it's definitely time to start doing that. The Packers are now in sole possession of the number two seed in the NFC. Sole possession after the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> Speaking of funny losses, they lost to the New York Giants at home. A backup quarterback, Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy. I remember when Colt McCoy was a heralded freshman at the University of Texas. I was in college then. I'm almost 40. (laughs) He's still playing. I can't even believe that. Don't, 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 you know, don't punish yourself if you didn't know that. I know that because I I know all this weird shit. But if you didn't know Colt McCoy is still playing, he is. And he led the Giants to a win over the Seahawks. Shame, shame, Seattle. That loss, you know, that loss actually dropped Seattle to the five seed in the NFC. The L.A. Rams are now in the three spot as they own the head-to-head over the Seahawks with both teams at 8-4. and four. The Packers' first-round opponent, if the playoffs started today, which of course they don't, why, that would be the Minnesota Vikings. How about that? All right, before we get into the fun, I hope you've been having fun already, but before we really get into the fun, I have to do the shameless self-promotion, which I know you love or at the very least tolerate. Twitter, Lamps at It's Just Chris Now. Facebook, Ol' Bag of Donuts, OL Bag of Donuts. The email, all bag of donuts, olbag of donuts at gmail.com. For anyone listening on the wonderful Packers Talk iTunes page, leave a rating, five stars, four stars. I'd say leave a comment, but again, fuck me, no one's left on left one in weeks. But if you want to, it's there. Go ahead. Go nuts. Knock yourselves out. We are on Spotify to find us, search for Packers Talk. Look for our logo, which is the head of the Vince Lombardi statue, which sits outside Lambeau Field. I almost always say shits. He's not shitting outside Lambeau. He's sitting. Uh, but yeah, the, the head of the Vince Lombardi statue, that's our logo, look for that in Packers Talk, At us. And then we're on the iHeartRadio app too, so, check us out there. Okay, let's go, no more screwing around, let's dive right, oh, I hit my mic, let's dive right in, let's talk about this Packers dub, this Packers dub, yeah! As alluded to in the opening, this game, as it was, Green Bay's first in December, is really the beginning of the stretch drive for the Pack. Now, I know a lot of people say it's the final four games, but for me, the stretch starts at the beginning of December. At the beginning of December, for sure. That's when you really have to start putting your best foot forward. Pardon the cliche. You know, you have to start playing your best ball, tightening up in every area, fortifying yourself for the playoffs, if you are lucky enough to be a playoff team. In a lot of ways, you show who you really are in December, I think. I I really believe that. You know, and in beating the Eagles, I do feel like the Packers showed us who they are and what kind of team they can be come January. Both positively and, unfortunately, negatively. Let's start with the positive, right? Because I'm all about the positive. You know, your old pal, Chris, all about keeping it positive. Got to talk about Aaron Rodgers, right? That's the biggest positive for this team. Another really, really good performance from Aaron Rodgers today. 25-34, of 295 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. 8.7 8.7 yards per attempt. He was up over 11. I think he was like 11 and a half yards per attempt at halftime, which is I mean, fucking astounding. I mean, 8.7 is still pretty good, but I mean 11 and a half, holy crap. I like to switch it up sometimes. You didn't think I'd say holy crap there, did you? But yeah, so it was a good really a good day from Rodgers. He to me, you know, I'm not huge on individual awards for the most part, although I will say he and Pat Mahomes are clearly the it's a two-man race for the MVP award right now. Um, Can I just say something about Mahomes really quick, too? It's been kind of bugging me lately. Look, I know... Look, Pat Mahomes is great. I'm not going to shit on Pat Mahomes. That would be silly. He's great. He's brilliant. But I shake my head at, like... Like, if you're listening to the game today, Nance and Romo were talking about some of the throws Rodgers makes. And they're like, well, you know, we see these fairly regularly with the guy down there in Kansas City, Mahomes. And then Rodgers makes them, too. I don't know if that bugs anybody else, but it bugs the shit. of I me. Mean, not just that, but I feel like I've heard a lot of that lately from national media and national TV people in particular that, like, Mahomes does these things that no one's ever seen before. And I'm like, have you not watched Aaron Rodgers since 2008? Like, you'll watch it, you know, they'll be talking about Mahomes on ESPN or if you're watching a Chiefs game, he'll make some great play where he's, you know, rolling to his right. He'll stop on a dime and flip one. 25 yards downfield to a receiver cutting across from the other direction and it's a perfect pass. It's a great play. It's just this like, oh my God, Mah- no one's ever done this before. It's like, yes, they have. Aaron fucking Rodgers has done this since 2008. He does this all the time. It just bugs me that it's like, like Mahomes is somehow like Batman and Rogers is Robin. Like, fuck off. Anyways, I had to get that off my chest. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Anyways, back to Aaron Rodgers against the Eagles. He was really good. I mean, let's talk first of all. Those two third-quarter throws, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, set the scene, Chris. Set the scene. Packers up 14-3, third quarter. Still early third. Eagles punt is down at the one. Packers are up against it. Rodgers, on the first play of the drive, goes deep to Devontae Adams in double coverage. Double coverage. I say Double. Double coverage. And he hauls it in. Rodgers threw that from the back of his own end zone, folks. The balls it takes to to attempt that throw. I mean, that was gutsy, gutsy stuff. Great throw. Play covered 42 yards. That was at that point. I think that ended up being the longest. No, no. Of course it wasn't the longest play of the game. But we'll get to that. Great catch, too, from Devontae. I mean, oh, man. I don't know how Devontae caught that one. You know, as brilliant as he is, as great as he is, more on him in a minute, of course, too. I don't know how he came down with that. That was, that was incredible stuff. And then uh, a few plays later, Rodgers uncorks another beauty. This one down the sideline to Alan Lazard, Alien Lizard, for a big gain of 31. Packers were well into Philly territory at this point. That drive ends on a Rodgers to Devontae Adams short pass. Adams just stiff-arming and fighting his way into the end zone for the score. That was awesome. Gritty, gutty stuff from Devontae. Gets in for the score, his second of the day. Again, don't worry, I'm talking more about Tay in a minute. PAT was no good. That was a bummer. We're on special teams, too. <laughs> but it's still, 20-3 Packers with 739 to go in the third. That play was, of course, that touchdown pass was, of course, the 400th of Aaron Rodgers' illustrious career. He hits 400 in the fewest number of games in NFL history in just 193 contests. Man, awesome stuff, awesome stuff. You know, and he hit another milestone, too, uh, after his touchdown his touchdown pass to Robert Tunyon, gotta say Tunyon, in the second quarter that made it 14-3 pack. Uh, as a result of that, he became the first player in NFL history with five seasons of at least 35 passing touchdowns. So I'm not really I'm not really big on career retrospective stuff, especially, you know, at this point in the season. I tend to like to talk about that stuff more when, you know, Rogers' time in Green Bay is up, whenever that may be. But I do just I do just want to say, like, we have been so incredibly blessed to watch Aaron Rodgers. They had a stat during the game. Was it since 2017? 20, 2017, I think it was 2018. He's thrown 85 at one point in the game, it was like 85 touchdowns and 10 picks. Eight and a half to one touchdown to interception ratio. That is fucking bonkers. Bonkers. I mean, that's so rad. Eight and a half to one. Just, we've been so blessed to watch Aaron Rodgers. You know, we saw Far for all those years. And I think a lot of people thought, well, that was, that would be as good as we'd ever see. And then to have the next guy be arguably better, or at least every bit as, every bit as good. That's insane. You know, Rogers is in the running for the MVP award. If he wins, it would be, what, three MVPs over the course of nine seasons? 2011, 2014, and 2020? I mean, to win three MVP awards in nine years? To have that big of a gap, nine years between MVP awards? I mean, Favre won three, but he won them all in a row. For Rogers to hit three, that would be an incredible accomplishment. Again, I'm not big on individual awards. I'm more of a, i root-for-the-team kind of guy. Although I do love certain players, I like certain players, of course, but like, and you have favorites, but yeah, it's just, we're just, we've been really lucky. I'll say that for sure. Thank you, Aaron Rodgers, for everything. Um, got off track here a little bit, but you know what I want to say? Rodgers, it wasn't just, it wasn't just the passing against the Eagles. His over, it was his overall command of the offense. The Aaron Jones touchdown run, the insane, ridiculous, beautiful 77 yard touchdown run from Aaron Jones is a prime example. I want to read you a tweet now. It's from Tom Silverstein, Packers beat reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Hang on here. Aaron Jones said after defensive tackle Fletcher Cox tripped him up on a run up the middle, quarterback Aaron Rodgers called a similar play and he broke it for 77 yards. He said the Eagles pressured and he had a huge hole. For Rogers, his understanding of the game, his command of the offense, everything he sees is so I mean, it's it's Green Bay's biggest weapon. It's their biggest asset. To see that play and go, oh, we almost had it. And I kind of saw it too on the broadcast. I thought, man, Jones almost had one on that. But for Rogers to know to call it again and when to call it again, that is an understanding of the game that few possess. That knowledge, that that brilliance. That's just incredible, you know? That was really great stuff. And Aaron Jones, of course. Speaking of Aaron Jones, another reason for optimism. I think I've talked about Aaron Rodgers enough. Uh, Let's talk about the other birthday boy from the past week, Aaron Jones. Uh, I got his stats here. Where are they? Let's see. 15 carries, 130 yards and a score and three catches for 18 yards. So 18 touches for 148 yards and a score. Is that good? Obviously, a lot of that came on the 77-yard touchdown run. You know, Jones didn't do a lot in the first half. He didn't really have to, as Rodgers, again, was dominating. He was 13 of 14 for 161 and two scores. And that first half, again, I think it was 11 and a half yards per attempt. But I felt like Jones just got better and better as the game went on. Commenting in, it's time to talk about that now, the incredible 77-yard touchdown run. Now, I could talk about it. I could do that. But I want to try something here. Bear with me. I'm going to re watch now. I've already watched this run about 17,000 times, and I may take tomorrow off to watch it again another 17,000 times. So I'm going to go back here, and you're going to watch, you're going to listen to me watch the run live. All right. First of all, the hole is tremendous. What a hole. Jones starts angling towards the sidelines. Great blocking from MVS. Jones at the 30 yard line, pause. The play he makes, the, the move he makes when he gets to the 30-yard line, the way he almost stops on a dime and seems to kind of back up. Oh, my God. He backs up. Here you go. Monty. You might be able to hear the sound. Stops, backs it up, bounces it out, then keeps running on the sidelines. He's wiggling. He's making guys miss. He's into the end zone. Incredible, incredible run by Aaron Jones. Probably don't have much in, in the... My future in the way of being a play-by-play guy. But yeah. What a hell of a run that was. You know? Again, great blocking from MVS. Great blocking from David Bakhtiari. But a lot of that just... That showed how special Aaron Jones was. How how special Aaron Jones is. Uh, You know, and if he's felt a little bit underused or, or sort of forgotten in the past, say, month or so, that run was all the reminding you needed. That was all the reminder you needed that Aaron Jones is a special, special player. And a lot of what Green Bay wants to accomplish in December and hopefully well into January and hopefully into February, Aaron Jones is going to be a big part of that, folks. He is. And that 77-yard run, again, was the reminder. Now, now, Burt, got to keep it real. Now we come to Devontae, the third member of Green Bay's offensive triumvirate. What a performance from Devontae Adams. 10 catches, 121 yards, two scores on 12 targets. He's the best receiver in the league, I'll say that right now. I've been a little hesitant to say that. I don't know why, I just think, like, you know, Hopkins is really good, and you've got Julio and all these other guys, you know, Michael Thomas. But something clicked for me during the game there. I was like, you know what? He really is the fucking best receiver in the NFL. Like, I don't think there's any question about that. I'd even go that far, so he's unquestionably the best in the league right now. You know, I already mentioned his outstanding grab on the 42-yarder earlier, but did you— You know, he got, remember, he got a pass with his thigh, folks. He basically got a pass with his thigh. Who does that? Do you remember that? Packers down 3-0 mid-ish second quarter, let's say. Packers are at the Philly three-yard line. Rodgers to Adams on the rollout. And Adams basically caught it with his thigh. It, like, hit his thigh and then he caught it off that. So, you know, top that DeAndre. (laughs) He's down at the one-inch line. Then third and goal, Rodgers goes to his right to Adams, incomplete. He tried to squeeze that in a really tight window. Just couldn't quite do it. Fourth and goal at the one, it was really like the six-inch line, Packers going for it. I was a little bit iffy on that decision, but what the hell? Let's go to Devontae a third time. Rodgers does that, shotgun play action, goes to his left, floats one up, Adams goes up for it, snags it, somehow brings it down for the score. 7-3 Pack with 8.29 to go in the half. Adams' first touchdown of the day capped off that 14-play drive. So yeah. I mean, great stuff from Devontae Adams. I want to uh, read you this little factoid from Pro Football Reference. Devontae Adams is the ninth player to have 75-plus receptions and 12-plus touchdowns in the first 12 games of a season. And then this is me now. Some other names on that list you might know. Randy Moss, Marvin Harrison, who may or may not have killed a guy, Terrell Owens, Jerry Rice. I mean, folks, that's the company Devontae Adams is keeping right now. He's, he, I mean, he's in that group, you know? And he's not—he's not—he's not, he's not, he's not done—not by a long shot. He's got so much more football to play in Green Bay. Just what a career! What a career that guy's had. And you know, I'll say this: I do think the Packers have more in terms of over, overall weaponry than they did last year at this time. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think you saw that today too. You know, Jamal Williams—only 26 yards on five carries—but he had some. That was some good running from Jamal. You know, Lazard three catches for 50 yards. I mentioned his 31-yarder down the sidelines. Tunyon. 25-yard, or four catches, 39 yards, including a 25-yard touchdown that Rodgers had about 55 seconds to pass on. Mercedes Lewis, big dog, he's coming up with a 36-yard catch, you know? Malik Taylor, Gliak Power, he's coming up with a 14-yard grab. I mean, they've got more. Is it as much as you would hope? Probably not, but I definitely think they have enough overall weaponry. Certainly more than they did last year, I would definitely say that. And the O-line is better. That's a bold statement, you're thinking, right? There's no Brian Balaga. How could they be better? I think they are better overall. You know, they were really good. And that was without Corey Lindsley, who's out for a few weeks with the, was it MCL sprain? Get well soon, Corey. Bet you didn't think I'd be saying that in December, did you? Didn't think you'd be thinking it, did you? But they are. The offensive line is better this year. They just are. Having said that, there are a couple of areas of concern with the offense. His blocking on the Aaron Jones touchdown run was great. It was. And it's nice to see MVS still chipping in, and even if he's not putting up stats, but that drop was big. That drop, I said it halftime. I literally tweeted at halftime. Does anybody know MVS hasn't had hasn't been targeted once since his fumble in overtime against the Colts? Six quarters, he hadn't been targeted once. So of course, the first play, the first play of the drive, first play from first play from scrimmage for either team. Start third. Rodgers goes deep to MVS. Would have been a 55 yard gain. Got to catch it. You got to catch it. It was, it was dropped into a bucket. Dropped it. Just relying on him in the passing game could cost him. In January, it, it could. I just, I don't trust him. It's nice to see that he's, you know, he's chipping in as a run blocker. But, you know, it's right there in the job description. Wide receiver. He has to receive. <laughs> he's not receiving. The receiving is not happening. Um. Someone talked about MBS Industries. I got a text from a friend during a game about MBS Industries. Uh, yeah, I will be burning it to the ground for the insurance money at this point, I think. <laughs> I think that's happening. Um, you know? And then, that so that, that I you know, that scares me. And then those two consecutive drives in the fourth quarter were really dog shit. Really dog shit. The first one, I mean, after Jalen Hurts relieved Carson Wentz, who was mostly terrible, and led the Eagles on a scoring drive to make it 23-10 with about eight minutes left, the offense looked horrible in going three and out and punting. Then, after the Jalen Rieger... Punt return touchdown. Rieger, Rieger. Oh, don't worry. I'll get to that later. They turn in another three and out. That third down decision, he was really good today. He was really good against the Eagles, but that third down decision was probably 12's worst of the day. Third and 10, huge spot. He throws it to no one. I mean, why why was he going deep? Just get 10, Aaron. You don't need 20 or 25. Just get 10. My notes literally say, oh no, three and out. (laughs) Because like you... I'm guessing you were. I'm guess like me. I'm guessing you were panicking at that spot. In that spot, you know they need to be better in spots like that. That really hurt them against India a couple weeks ago too. The inability to just pick up a couple first downs and regain a little momentum and bleed a little time off the clock couldn't do it. That's that's an issue that again could really hurt them if they're trying to close out a game in January. But the defense did bail the offense out after that second three and out, which was really nice to see. And overall, transition time, not bad, Chris, not bad. Defensively, you know, overall, I was basically pleased. I'll get the I'll get the negative out of the way first. That fourth and eighteen, I mean, come the fuck on, fourth and eighteen, and Hertz completes it to Greg Ward for the score. Jair in coverage, that was weird all around. That made it 10 Packers with seven fifty two to go in the game. Um, just gonna stop. Just gonna stop. Don't even give them any chance at new life. I hated that. But I mean, otherwise, it was pretty positive, I suppose. The pass rush was much better. Uh, They had, what was it, it seven times? Seven sacks today, you know. Kingsley Kiki had two. Uh, Rashawn Gary had a sack and a half. I thought he looked really good. My man Z, sack and a half. Um, Who else here? What is that, five? Uh, Dean Lowry had a sack. You know if Dean Lowry's getting sacks, it's a good day. Preston Smith had a half a sack. Raven Green had a half a sack. Is that seven? That is seven. Yeah. So yeah, the pass rush was good. I will say that. Um, and I, it was interesting. I don't know, Another quote, for, uh, another tweet from Tom Silverstein I, th- I found very, very interesting after the game. Pull that up for you here. Packers outside linebackers Adarius Smith said he, Preston Smith, and Kenny Clark went to defensive coordinator Mike Pettin this week and asked to simplify things and let them get after the QB like they were used to doing. He said, Pettin turned them loose, especially late in the game, as opposed to last week. So, yeah, that, I mean, that's, you know, it was nice nice to see Pettin, you know, they, they urged him to do something. It was nice to see him go along with it and respond and let them do that. Now, and the results followed. Now, they did do that against one of the worst offensive lines in the league. So I got to see more of that against a good offensive line Perform all the way in on this, like, the, the, the pass rush is back or something. But it was a good first step. Tell you what, Darnell Savage, talk about him. Savage putting the game officially on ice with yet another incredibly athletic interception, his third in the last two weeks. It's also something I'm not 100% buying into yet, but I'm getting there. That was a really nice play in a really big spot where the Packers needed it. Third and 10. Now Preston Smith obviously hit Hurts as he threw it, which altered the throw, but still really nice play from Savage to come up with that ball and get the turnover. So those two things, an improved pass rush and the light coming on for Savage, those would be gigantic for this defense going forward. And I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying it's all the way there. I got to see more before I buy all the way in. But God, imagine if they can get there or even close. Imagine if the pass rush is, you know, not, I mean, you're not going to get seven sacks a week, but imagine if they're better, like markedly better. Imagine if Savage is this kind of player, if he can come up with a play like this every couple weeks, you know? How huge is that? Look, this defense is never going to be the 85 Bears or the 2,000 Baltimore Ravens. But with this offense, they don't have to be. Just give up 20 to 24 a week. Don't get your guts ripped out against the run and come up with a turnover or two, and this team will be really hard to beat. Of course, it never helps when the special teams is giving up points, does it? Yeah, we got to talk about that. Now it's time. Look, I swear to God this is true. So I can never remember how to spell Sean Menenga's last name. So I Googled it. And you know what comes up when you Google Packers special teams coach? I swear to God, this is true. Ron Zook. With a picture of Ron Zook. Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? That's how they've performed lately. Really, his whole tenure in Green Bay, that's how they performed. Very Zookish. Zookie. Did it all for the Zookie. Another punt return touchdown. Another punt return touchdown allowed. Another one, and not in the fun DJ Khaled way, either. Another punt return touchdown allowed after just giving up one to Jacksonville a few weeks back. And in that spot, two man up, 23-10. to 10, Just make a nice tackle. Don't let them back in the game. They've already got a little life. After the Hurts to Ward touchdown, again, 23-10. Don't let them get more life. Don't give up a touchdown. Oh my God, but they did. I have no confidence in that group. And I'll tell you what, again in a single elimination style tournament, which we all know the NFL playoffs are, my god, one piss-poor special teams moment, that could be all the difference in the world. All the difference in the world right there. So yeah. 26 minutes in, big picture time. Again, yes, yeah, Sunday I do think Sunday was a nice microcosm for where this Packers team is currently at. Mostly, they are pretty damn good. You can't sneeze at 9 and 3. That's impressive. I suck at math. I know that 75% of your games won. 750 win percentage. That's off the charts. And on their best day, yes, maybe this is a Super Bowl team. Right? The best, I will say that. You're probably like, wow, Chris, you were really down on this team after the Colts game. But look, the be- I will say the best version of this Packers team, if they show up for two or three games in a row in January, yeah, they could get to the Super Bowl. Right? That team, where Rodgers is making plays, he's in total control. He's lighting it up. You know? Not just Adams, but the secondary guys are chipping in. Jones is making it happen on the ground. The offensive line is blocked. Yeah, that offense, combined with a defense that just can come up with a couple turnovers a week. And a special teams that doesn't get gashed. That team could go to the Super Bowl. I Yes. But I'm concerned the areas that they need to tighten up in are areas that they've needed to tighten up in for a while now, you know? Drops. Inability to get off the field in key moments defensively. Offense stalling at key moments when all they need to do is get a couple of first downs and run some time off the clock. Special teams. A a lot of this stuff is still happening, you know? A lot of the stuff I said after the Colts game, I still think because, you know, I still feel that way because, again, you saw a lot of it today, And even one or two big mistakes in those areas, you know, a big drop here or a big punt return allowed here. That can be all it takes to send your ass home until the spring. So I will say the best version of the Packers, yeah, they could be a Super Bowl team. But I'm afraid we're not going to see that with any regularity. You know, I'm afraid we're not going to see that when we get to January. Yeah, I'll say that. So I asked people to send some questions along on Twitter and email, and people did not disappoint. They sent a few, which was very nice to see. No particular order now. Uh, Wesley Windham Price at Price Windham asks, or says, Great win. Seems like this offense can hang with anyone. If you're Goot, what is on your list of moves that must be made this offseason regarding the draft and coaching changes? Well, I don't, Wesley, I don't like to talk too much about offseason stuff as it is December 6th. Uh, But I will say, happy birthday, Giannis Antetokounmpo, by the way. Please sign the Supermax. You're making everybody in Milwaukee very nervous. Um, Yeah, I agree. This offense can't hang with anyone. If I was Goot, what would be on my list of moves that need to be made? Uh, I still think they need another wide receiver. I would love my guy, Rashad Bateman from the University of Minnesota. I think he would be a perfect fit. Um, Obviously, they could use a little more beef up front defensively along the line. I'd like to see them get a real difference maker at inside linebacker. I think Kamal Martin could be a really good number two inside linebacker, but I still think they need that stud, that sideline-to-sideline stud. I'd love to see that. Um, That's just off the top of my head, yeah. Those seem like the big three. Uh, We will move on to Justin Cornwell, at Justin A. Cornwell, friend of the show. He says, so happy the Aaron Jones run allows us to feel good about the game this week. It was headed for an absolutely cut-wrenching loss, or at least a frustrating win. And a hat tip to the defense. Pretty solid overall outside 4th and 18, especially with the two drives after the punt return touchdown. Yeah, man, when they when Rager brought that punt back, I was just like, oh, no. Oh, no. Like, they can't blow this game, can they? Like, oh, my. Like, it hadn't even entered into my, my worldview at that point until he crossed the goal line. I was like, oh, no, they might lose. <laughs> it really was, like, comfortable for, what, like the first 80% of the game, and then we spent like 15% of the game in sheer terror. And then the final 5% of the game was like, Oh, it's fine. Weird day, but that happens sometimes in the NFL. Uh, yeah, the Aaron Jones run definitely, I would say allows us to feel good. That was a really nice capper that in the Savage pick for sure. Um, I did think the defense I agree with. I think they were pretty solid overall. Again, I, you know, at fourth and 18, like you said, I talked about earlier, that was bad. Um, And I'm still not totally sure that this improved pass rush is going to be here to stay. But, yeah, it was a good day from the defense overall. And then I have a couple of email questions now. People writing in via email. Love that. Old school. We go to first question from Jeff Shkeryance. Oh, I hope I'm saying your last name right, Jeff. Jeff Shkeryance. He writes, hi, love your podcast. I will listen to it. I will even listen to it after the Packers lose. Anyway, is it me or does Matt L need to come up with some better plays for third or fourth and one? The pack seems to be making these on a more consistent basis now, but early in the year it seemed there was a string of misses. Yeah, I would agree with that, Jeff. I think they've been better in short yardage stuff. Uh third and fourth, short and fourth third and fourth and short situations. Yeah, I would say they've been better. One area I'm a little concerned is when it's like third and seven or third and long situations. I talked about this earlier. You know, when you need 10, just get 10. When you need seven, just get seven. There's still a tendency from this offense and Rodgers in particular to kind of try to get the big chunk play. Just get the first down. Move the chains. Live to fight another day. I believe in that shit. Like Rodgers is Babe Ruth. You know what I mean? I had a friend of mine say this to me a long time ago. He's Babe Ruth. He, you know, he's Hank Aaron. He can put it over the fence anytime he wants. Or he's put it over the fence so many times, he thinks he can do it anytime he wants. That's not, you know what I mean? Just because you can doesn't mean you should all the time. So I would say that that's a source of frustration for me a little bit, yeah. But I agree with you. I think they have been better in third and fourth and short situations than they were earlier in the year and certainly better than they were last year. And then finally, Kyle Terpenning, who refuses to get a Twitter account. Kyle, I respect you for that. Twitter stinks, mostly. He writes, a good win, but not without flaws. Not sure if it was the Eagles' defense or the Packers' offense taking their foot off the gas, but the offense for those drives in the middle of the fourth gave me heartburn. And the special teams were anything but special today. To be honest, the only two I trust in that unit are Crosby and Tyler. Defense could have been better, but they really stepped up when needed. A timely sack and interception to get the win. And props to Rodgers for more records broken. On to the Lions. Go Pack Go. okay, um, so there's a lot to unpack there. But yeah, I agree. Not, not without flaws, as I've talked about throughout the show. Um, Was it the Eagles defense or the Packers? I think the Packers offense got a little sloppy. I do think the Eagles defense stepped up. I think Jalen Hurts came in. I was impressed by Jalen Hurts. I'll say that. He looked very natural and very comfortable back there. He did not look like a rookie to me. It felt like he led them on that touchdown drive. And it felt like it kind of woke everybody up, and that's a good defense. You might not have known that at certain points in the game, but that's a damn good Philly defense. You know, that second quarter, the Packers just humiliated them, but that's a really good defense over there. Um, our old pal Jim Schwartz has them playing well, and I think you know they kind of started to lag a little bit, but then Hurts leads them on that touchdown drive. You could feel the deep, you could feel the Eagles kind of waking up. Then the punt return touchdown happens. Then they really woke up. So I think it was kind of the Packers taking their foot off the gas, but I think more Philly's defense just stepped up. But the Packers have to match that intensity, and they didn't in those moments. Um, special teams, yeah, they were terrible. Uh, yeah, I agree. The only two I trust are Mason Crosby and Tyler. And Tyler Irvin got hurt again today. We didn't get to see Tay- uh, Tavon Austin. I was disappointed in that. He was an active. I guess he just got signed last week, so it makes sense. But I was hoping to see him out there today. We may now because Tyler Irvin got hurt again. He's been banged up all year. I I really like Tyler Irvin, but I do wonder sometimes if he's a little too slight physically to last very long in the NFL. Because he's been injured a few times this year. Um, Yeah, the defense stepped up when they were needed. And yeah, definitely props to Rodgers. Yeah, under the Lions we go. I agree with a lot of that, Kyle. Thank you. So yeah, thanks to everyone who wrote in. As always, it is much appreciated. We look ahead now to next week. The Packers will be back in action as they travel to Detroit Rock City to take on the Lions at Ford Field. That game is scheduled for a 3.25 p.m. Lambeau time start. That was originally a noon game, and the league flexed it to a late start. Why? I have no... Why did they flex that? That That's a perfect noon game. Why did you move that to 3.25? Why? You know, the Lions aren't good. They just recently fired both their head coach and GM. I mean, but whatever. I don't know why they did that, but whatever, it is what it is. The Packers will be going for the season sweep of Detroit as they blew the Lions out at Lambeau way back in Week 2. And, of course, I'll be back next Sunday night, Monday morning, by the time you hear from me, to recap that one, win, lose, or drop. So until next time, I am Chris Lempisus. This has been Lemp's Talking Pack. Thank you so very much for listening, Packer Nation. I love you, I love you, I love you. Stay safe out there in this crazy-ass world, and remember, always and forever, go No.